We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. What up, my people? Welcome to the KJ Podcast. Happy New Year. Happy off-season. Happy playoff season to the 12 teams dancing in January right now. NFL playoffs will start on Saturday. It's better than Parch Madness. There are teams in the NFL playoffs worse than the 49ers. I really think they could beat any team in the first round this weekend besides the Saints. I think the Saints would clean them up a little bit. I think the Saints are going to end up playing for a Super Bowl. Little under the weather, battling some type of bug, but it's time to reconvene. Kind of time to just preview free agency. Right now, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, they're about to hit their own vacations too, but they're going to come together, create a big board, each position, grading their own guys, circling free agents that they really want to do a deep dive with the film. They're putting that plan together. The draft is obviously happening on a certain side of the building too, but right now, Kyle and John Lynch, they're starting to put together the free agent plan. Let's do the same on the KJ podcast. We're going to do offense today. We'll do defense at some point soon, but running down the list, each internal free agent, some free agents they could weigh, 
some ways they could go in the draft. This is not going to be previewing every prospect in the draft, but just a quick little big board of the 49ers offense, how they finished 2017, where they sit heading into 2018. Let's actually start with running back because we've hammered the point on this podcast so much. Pay Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll get to quarterback as a whole in a second. But I think running back is the harder decision for the 49ers to make. I'm out on Carlos Hyde. Not that he's not a good running back. Don't think it's the ideal system fit. The more I watch Alfred Morris, the more I watch Isaiah Crowell, I feel like a one-year contract could be in the books with one of those two guys. Crowell is explosive, a home run hitter, eight touchdowns his rookie year with Kyle Shanahan, 2014 with the Browns. He's built upon that and really was underutilized by Hugh Jackson. Every Sunday on Twitter, that fan base was moaning, get Crowell the ball more. He could be your bell cow. He's turning 25. He's faster and more explosive than Carlos Hyde. I like that about him. Alfred Morris had a great season with Dallas filling in for Ezekiel Elliott. His last best season, though, 2012-2013, it was with Shanahan. That's a long time ago now. He has a lot more mileage on him. You could be able to get him for cheap. So instead of like Carlos Hyde, three years, 20 million, Alfred Morris for like one year, two and a half, three million sounds like a better deal. You can still feature him with Brita. Why am I going back to two players who play with Kyle Shanahan? Look at last offseason. Not that it's going to be a carbon copy, but... Pierre Garçon, Aldrick Robinson, Logan Paulson. Now, some of those guys didn't work out, but it was smart money. Kyle has said it before. He likes bringing in people he knows. He knows which plays are already good for them. Free agency can be a complete unknown if you haven't coached a guy before. Kyle loves Alfred. Crow, he's got an interesting personality. He did clash with Hugh Jackson this year. I think he'd be fine. I think he'd be a great fit with Jimmy Garoppolo, too. The one thing about both of those guys, they're not great receivers. Brito's going to have to become a much better receiver to be your third down back on a regular basis too. Kyle didn't really use the running back in the passing game until he got to Atlanta, until he had that Devontae Freeman piece. Now, Carlos Hyde had a lot of receptions this year. A lot of that was out of necessity earlier in the year when this team couldn't move the football, dumping off to him, C.J. Beathard. That was part of the game plan. Listen, if Carlos Hyde wants to come back on a one-year deal with knowing that there's going to be major competition at running back, they may sign someone else too. I'm fine with that. I know he really wants to be here. He has a lot of fans. This was a Trent Balky pick that's not really got to experience success. He doesn't want to leave when the gravy train's really about to get rolling. But I don't know. He's not that great of a goal line finisher. The more I look at Isaiah Crowell and some of these other running backs inside the 10, having a history with Kyle Shanahan of just pounding it in the end zone, that's a valuable weapon that we learned this year, you need a running back that can finish. Listen, it's on some of the offensive line too. We'll get there. But running back to me, I'm looking at a one-year deal with either Crowell or Alfred Morris. Let's talk about the wild card. You got Joe Williams too. This is essentially, you don't need to draft a running back this year. If you have so many other needs, Joe Williams is essentially your rookie running back coming back next year. You have no idea what you have in him. He was not good in training camp, was out of shape a little bit when he first showed up, wasn't on John Lynch's draft board. He is. He looks like their worst pick so far, of course, but they IR'd him early. He probably could have came back. They needed roster spots. Joe Williams is your wild card there. He could be something special because Kyle can make anyone special. If he's picking a running back that high, there's a chance with this guy. 
you just can't bank on him, though. You can't go into the season with Joe Williams and Matt Breida. If Joe Williams is nothing, Matt Breida can't carry the ball 270 times in the season. You, you're going to have to have two running backs, I think one that's proven, and I think you just have so many other needs. There's no need to draft a running back. Get an undrafted guy again like Breida. Find someone maybe in the seventh round, but you have other priorities. So running back there, I'm getting rid of Hyde, finding a one-year deal with a guy that Shanahan likes that he thinks can carry the load. Matt Breida is still your 1B, and you develop him way more as a pass catcher, and then you have Joe Williams too. Real quick before we move to quarterback, Deion Lewis does kind of fit that Devontae Freeman receiver type. He's a free agent from... New England, Kyle helped choose Crow over Deion Lewis in 2014. Both those guys on the Browns roster. Deion Lewis was banged up in 2013, broken leg, so he didn't get the full training camp experience. Not saying you know Kyle was right or wrong here, but Deion Lewis goes on to the Patriots. Will he reevaluate that guy? He knows Deion a little bit, so I wouldn't rule out Deion Lewis, but I think they need more of a true running back than another receiver type of running back to to pair with Matt Breida. Moving on to quarterback, obviously on the KJ podcast, you've heard me hammer the point franchise tagging. Jimmy Garoppolo is foolish. I said it from the day he got here. If you have to do it and you're so confident that you're going to be able to get something done before that July 15th deadline where the player then automatically has to play on it, fine. If you need it to buy time, you know, I, I believe in that, but there is things that happen with agents and greed, and the more this lingers, the more things are said, the more emotional it gets, the more it's, you know what, we'll just come back to the table next season. It's dangerous. I'm fully fine. I've said the Andrew Luck contract is fine with me. Five-year, $122 million, $87 million guaranteed. This is a league-wide consensus. You have a top-10 quarterback in your building. Pay him now. These quarterback prices will go up. In five years, this will look like a very fair contract. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson will be free agents in two years. They're they're going to be approaching $200 million at that point. They're the entire franchise. They're the sole reason teams have to compete for a Super Bowl. So this contract will look astronomical now. Quarterback prices, remember, they will rise as the years go on, as the importance of this position. Um if it's a franchise tag, I've already said it. It's it's just a recipe for bad. If he plays really well, leads you to the playoffs, he will become the highest paid quarterback ever. If for some reason he's playing a little injured, the team doesn't live up to the hype. The 49ers go seven and nine, eight and eight. They're way more competitive, but just they don't get the bounces they did during this five and zero streak. Jimmy Garoppolo will get blamed and. The 49ers will attempt to lowball him a little bit, and it's just not setting a good precedent. This is your guy. You may have to struggle with him a little in 2018. He may come back to reality, as Derek Carr and Dak Prescott have done, but that doesn't mean he's not a franchise quarterback. So it's just very dangerous. Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, he is the best free agent in the NFL right now. He was the best player on the field against the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the best teams in the league this season. I don't know how else I need to put this. You have to pay him the money. This is the price it costs to try and win in the NFL. $122 million at that position. That is a normal price tag. Working for a team, I always go back and look at the team website during free agency. 
prior to just this period of the offseason when there's a big decision because the headline that is kicked around by head of PR, sometimes even team president, they want to make sure the messaging is right on this. The headline on 49ers.com, Joe Fan always does great work. John Lynch, we want Jimmy Garoppolo to be a Niner for a long, long time. They are not shying around about this. They want this contract to get done. They want to make sure the fan base knows this is not going to be a nasty negotiation. Really, Jimmy Garoppolo forced their hand. No one thought he was going to go 5-0. and No one thought he was going to play this good this early. He came in, lost a couple games, threw even more picks. They would have a chance to do four years, $100 million, even a two-year deal where you're just giving yourself a nice security blanket. But because Jimmy Garoppolo came in and looked as good as Matt Ryan, as good as most of the quarterbacks in the playoffs, all of a sudden you're at his mercy. Everyone realizes this. That's fine. Pay him. And uh, you won't have an issue really, I don't think, a quarterback for the next five to seven years. You'll always draft and develop there like they did with C.J. Beathard. I think this is a year, though, you don't need to waste a pick on a quarterback at all. Find another undrafted guy to be your third QB in camp. C.J. Beathard put up similar stats to Mitchell Trubisky. This is a third-round pick who the Niners probably could have got in the fourth or fifth. He just was not highly regarded. He takes sacks. I thought that was the worst play all season. That was the word I handed him. Most of those were on him. It feels like he just doesn't have the pocket presence. But he can step in there if someone's hurt. He's learning the offense. They are fine at this quarterback position. I think you know you have 25 teams around the league who would trade for the 49ers quarterback situation right now. They would give up all their money possible just to have a chance. This is why this podcast has been fun. The whole season was fun. Quarterback position is set. All you have to do is sign the check. John Lynch, Parag Marathe. I would hope it's done during the combine, like right around there, right before free agency begins. They're going to let it play out a little bit. I don't think this is done before the Super Bowl. I don't even know when the window opens. Talks better be occurring daily, though. Don Yee seems like a fair guy. The thing with it is you probably won't hear leaks and reports about what's going on. Fantastic. It's going to be a kind of a shocking event when the contract comes down. It won't be you know 49ers close to a deal. I, I think it'll when it's done, it'll be announced. It'll be a huge deal. And I'd say it's 75% chance it gets done, 25% chance it's a franchise tag. Then if it is franchise tag, I think it's 50-50 if that thing gets done by July 15th. You're just creating more room for more negative things to be said and more reasons for this to play out on the field. Don't do it. Ask the Redskins. Ask other teams who don't have a quarterback. Just don't do it. I'm not in love with many of the free agent wide receivers. 49ers finished the season on a really high note at the position. Marquise Goodwin, the most improved football player on the team, looks like a viable number two option under Jimmy Garoppolo. How much softer will the coverage get on him when Pierre Garçon is back as well? So to me, I don't really feel like breaking the bank for Sammy Watkins, Jarvis Landry, or Allen Robinson. Those are all 1B guys. They don't feel like the 1A guys. If Watkins, Landry, or Allen Robinson is willing to do the Alshon Jeffrey one-year deal, one year, $15 million, one year, $16 million, it sucks to pay a guy a million a week and you're not sure if he's going to be a major contributor, but 
let's see what it looks like. Maybe the 49ers have the flexibility this offseason if one of those three guys doesn't like his market, thinks he can come in with Kyle and Jimmy Garoppolo, cash in some numbers, create a big market for himself, or find a home here. I don't hate that play at all. A one-year deal, 49ers, this is exactly the gift Trent Baalke gave them. Build out your football team. Don't make high-risk moves in free agency. You don't have to. You can spend a little bit extra now, figure out, is this worth it with Landry? Out of those three guys, I like Allen Robinson the most. He's coming off a knee injury, though. Sammy Watkins has done some nice things with Sean McVay. Like, Where does he fit in, though? He's physical. Can use him as a deep threat too. Pierre Garcon obviously welcomes the competition. He was with Deshaun Jackson in Washington. He's always been fighting for targets. I really would like to see him as the number one though with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's damn good enough. You look at Tom Brady's receivers throughout the years. He's been able to elevate a lot of talent there. Garcon, this is the first time like he's ever been hurt in his career too. He's going to come back so refreshed been working out in Miami. I, I can't wait to see that. Other free agent wide receivers, Jordan Matthews has the big body. I would be fine with a cheap one-year deal, just 25 catches in Buffalo this year. I mean, does Taylor Gabriel even make sense now with Marquise Goodwin and Trent Taylor in the fold? Gabriel, outstanding third down player with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. Huge deep threat with him in Cleveland. The history is there. Um, I think his market could be a lot bigger, though. And if you already have Goodwin, Trent Taylor, you have Kendrick Bourne, you might be drafting one too. Taylor Gabriel is going to cost some money for a guy that's going to be a 50-catch, 800-yard guy, best-case scenario, just because you've got to spread the football around. Taylor Gabriel, awesome player. I just I don't know if it's the exact fit in San Francisco. you got Dante Moncrief. He was awesome with Andrew Luck in 2015. Their quarterback situation has been awful. His numbers have been down. Um I don't really love a lot of these free agent wide receivers. Like, not Mike Wallace. He's 31. Eric Deckard, no. Bruce Ellington had a decent season with Houston, but he's already been cut here. Cody Lattimore, I mean, this list, not very impressive. Michael Campanero's not bad for the Ravens. He's done some nice things there with no help. Just keep going down the list. Ryan Grant with the Redskins has been underutilized. Was not a Shanahan pick there, though. I mean, Lewis Murphy is... Higher than a lot of people on this list from Roto World right now. Evan Silva's free agent list here just kind of projected in order of payday. Sammy Watkins is his number one. Sammy Watkins is still 24 years old. Landry's 25. Al Robinson, 24. You have Marquise Lee on this list. Paul Richardson is a name to watch. Seattle can't let him go. They need more weapons. They just haven't been drafting great either. They have not been... Nailing those third, fourth, fifth, sixth-round picks in Seattle. That'll be interesting to see there. You have Terrell Pryor, obviously. Yeah, I'm okay with a one-year deal if they really want to with Watkins, Landry, or Robinson. Do the Alshon Jeffrey thing that the Eagles did this past year. See how it works out. Let a guy bet on himself. He'll want to with Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. This will be an attractive scenario for one of those free agents. You got Garcon coming back next year, too. You don't have any... Yeah, you're letting Lewis Murphy walk. I think the 49ers draft a receiver somewhere within the first four rounds. That's a wide range. We've got to see what happens in free agency. But honestly, first or second round, they have way bigger needs. If it's close between a corner and receiver, they're going to have to go corner. 
if it's close between a corner or a pass rusher and receiver, they're going to have to go pass rusher, even though they hate taking front seven again in the first round. Um, that's how this position crumbles, really. You're, you're going to be able to find value later like you did. Great first season from Trent Taylor and Marquise Goodwin. The way they ended this season totally changed how I viewed this position. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is delivering them the ball, but these guys really did step up without Garcon on the field. So I would love a Cortland Sutton or a James Washington. We're obviously going to have our draft previews, but 49ers not sitting in a bad position at receiver. I just don't really have an idea of how they're going to approach the position. The one-year contract, though, they would be smart to take that approach. Tight end. This is not rumors that I'm reporting, but I put on Twitter, Jordan Reed would make a lot of sense here just because Kyle drafted him. The Redskins are looking to, I would think, move on. Injury history is not a track record you want to carry somewhere. It's been hamstrings, concussions. It's been a lot of things with Jordan Reed, but in Sean McVay's 2015 offense, which is basically a complete offshoot of what Kyle Shanahan was already doing there in Washington, Jordan Reed, 87, 952, 11 touchdowns, looked on par with Gronk. That type of production made Kirk Cousins valuable. That was the first season Kirk Cousins really demonstrated franchise quarterback capabilities was because Jordan Reed was a monster. I still think he's a monster. And for a third-round pick when you have two of them, part of acquiring these extra picks is getting players. I mean... It's so funny. The 49ers, their 2018 draft pick in the second round is Jimmy Garoppolo. Imagine if one of their third-round picks is Jordan Reed. That pick is going to be somewhere, what, high 80s, 90s, 100s? Is Jordan Reed going to walk in and be one of the best 100 players? Obviously. Um, But your draft history shows you've been hitting in the third round. Do you think you can pick your own tight end at 28? Is Jordan Reed and his injury history just too much? What I didn't mention, receiver, could they trade for A.J. Green? No, they're not going to trade a top 10 pick for a 30-year-old receiver whose best season was in 2013. Um, you know, Cincinnati's trending downward, but that's just that's too high a draft capital. And Cincinnati's too stingy to trade 41 for their best player. They're, they're never going to do that, so that doesn't make sense. Odo Beckham, a new GM, can't come in there and trade him and then suck on offense. They're going to have to play this season out with, with Odell and try and get a contract extension done. That's not happening. They're, they're not going to trade him for a top 10 pick. I'm thinking just here, proven playmakers that the Redskins, or excuse me, the 49ers can get, and I'm looking around the league and looking at the 49ers' assets. Jordan Reed does make sense. I love Kittle too. You pair both of them together. Jordan Reed can be your slot receiver from time to time. You can line him up anywhere. Go back and watch the film of that 2015 Washington season. He's scoring touchdowns from all over the place. You talk about red zone weapon, eliminating problems from 20 yards within. This is a matchup chess piece for a third-round pick who could easily go for 87, 911 touchdowns in a full season with Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, guess what? If he does get banged up too, Kittle was banged up a lot. Tight ends are banged up. You need two very good ones. That's part of the plan for Kyle Shanahan. Tight end has always been something that he's he's never had a elite tight end. He drafted Jordan Reed to be that, and Sean McVay made him that for one season. 
Redskins fans are frustrated. They were tweeting me saying they will definitely do that deal for a third-round pick. Some Redskins media members said their team's not ready to give up on him yet. I don't know the full situation there, but that seems like too good to be true almost. Like the match really pairs up there. You might even be able to negotiate a fourth-round pick and a player that the Redskins could covet, whether that's you know a surplus of a D lineman. They had a bunch of injury issues there this year. They, they need more depth on their D-line. So something to consider there at tight end. Um, you, you have Selleck time still under contract too. I don't see a 31-year-old Jimmy Graham coming here. Again, unless it's a cheap one-year contract. He's just, he didn't deliver in Seattle. Like Sean Payton looks smart now for executing that trade. The time it sent shockwaves through the league, like holy shit, New Orleans is getting rid of Jimmy Graham. That was a Drew Brees made weapon. Now you can say Jimmy Garoppolo could he make him and elevate him. I think Jimmy Graham's dominant days are done. You thought Hall of Fame career when he had that run. He's really leveled out. He was not the playmaker Seattle needed them to take them to the top. He's rated as the top tight end in free agency, too. There's going to be teams desperate for playmaking ability and coaches who are greedy that think they can return him to the level he was with the Saints. Tyler Eifert's been a name tossed around. I don't think he's good enough to spend money on. I think he's a decent tight end. Uh, Paired with Kittle, nothing special. Uh, I don't think that's... You know, I wouldn't be against it. I'd be surprised if that's the route they went. You you have other guys like Niles Paul, good special teams player, was with the Redskins, drafted by the Shanahan's. That could be a reunion. People who played for Kyle are willing to come here on a cheaper contract because, A, it's more fun to play for him. B, this team is about to win. C, everyone loves John Lynch, too. So... Again, 49ers are a destination in free agency where they're going to be able, not to lowball guys, but give guys kind of less years, less commitment. Um, and then if they like someone, they can sign them to an extension. This is kind of like a tryout. They're still building out this football team. Um, I do not hate the idea of trading for Jordan Reed. I really don't. And, you know, bite me in the ass if he comes here, gets a concussion, he's out for the year. It's, it's football. You have to live with that. I mean, Listen, Kyle played all the starters against the Rams in a meaningless game where Jimmy Garoppolo could have torn his ACL. Kyle is not one to fear injury history. I mean, he, yeah, it's, it's part of the game. I mean, his training camps were very physical this year too. So um, they will weigh that, obviously, but for the cost of a third-round pick to potentially have a top five, six tight end in the league when he's on fire, yeah, I think that's worth it. I really do. Alrighty, last but not least, the position I argue with the most in this 49ers fan base. There's always some disagreements here with me and them. Offensive line. We're going to get to the draft. Everyone wants Quentin Nelson, Notre Dame guard, 330-pounder, pancaking everyone, was the MVP of that team this year, setting the tone in the run game, in the pass game. I've seen mocks with him going top five, so he might not even last to nine or ten when the 49ers are picking. And mainly, I don't think he's a fit, just because if you're going to keep Trent Brown as well as a right tackle, Kyle Shanahan likes a quick, athletic offensive line, the interior to weigh somewhere between 300, 310. I remember doing stories on O-Lyman with the Redskins 
who were drastically trying to lose weight and were losing so much weight during training camp because of the amount of running they were doing. Joel Batonio is a previous Kyle Shanahan draft pick. The day he arrived in Cleveland, Kyle sat him down, said, you were my number one interior O-lineman in the draft. They got him in the second round, 2014 in Cleveland. Joel Batonio now Pro Bowl alternate. So he was a 305-pounder who played power forward in L.A. in high school. Went to Nevada to play football, but those are the types of O-linemen Kyle Shanahan likes. I'm looking at Brandon Fusco as a free agent. PFF has him ranked as the 20th best guard in the league, 76 rating. Really going to be tough to move on from him, and he might actually get some salary here. Brandon Fusco, I don't know if he's automatically gone. To me, Daniel Kilgore, he could be totally cool taking the one-year $2 million deal and saying... I know I'm going to be competing for my job and I'm okay being a backup here because I've been here so long through the losing. I'm having so much fun. Daniel Kilgore, he's 30, 31. I, th- I think, I don't know if he's going to want to go anywhere else. He might be willing to take a very small contract and you're completely fine with Kilgore as your backup and then either drafting a center, looking in free agency here. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know all these old lineman guys. Andrew Norwall is going to be regarded as one of the top guards. Carolina, 12th in PFF rankings for guards. Just hired Drew Rosenhaus as an agent. You have four-year, $45 million projection for the 26-year-old there. I don't know. This is going to be on Kyle. You have guys like Jack Muhort with the Colts who was injured. This is a position O-Lyman's going to be connected a lot to the 49ers. I don't think it's as tremendous a need as many other 49ers fans. I would like to see them drafted. Like their second, if they went corner first pick or, or pass rusher first pick, an O-Lyman second rounder and pencil that guy in as a starter, I like that play for the draft. And then signing one more guard. We got to remember here, Joshua Garnett is coming back next season. He was an early IR. They could have gotten him back in. He could have gotten some valuable reps this season probably, but instead they're transforming his whole body. This is like a redshirt sophomore year essentially for him. Joshua Garnett, if he comes back way more athletic than powerful, which is what he was drafted as, you'll have a different look and feel on that O-line, especially with him at, at left guard there. Lakin Tomlinson's gone. Um, that was a trade they made, what, two weeks before the season? They were like, holy crap, did we misjudge this O-line once the preseason started? So, I mean, coming in late like that, Lakin Tomlinson was fine. I, I thought he did okay. This O-line was not terrible. G- by the way, Jimmy G is incredible under pressure. I think he had the highest passer rating in the league when blitzed. So, not like it's a Russell Wilson sh- situation where you let the floodgates go, but you have so many other issues and needs on the team where I think you could sign one pretty decent interior alignment, whether that's center guard, I don't know. You count on Joshua Garnett, you bring back Kilgore on a cheap one-year deal, and you may bring back Fusco too. You have that much insurance. PFF regards him that he did well. I think he was a good pass blocker, but I don't I don't know if the run game got to where Kyle wanted it. So that'll be up to him if he just Brings in a whole new trio there in the middle at left, center, and right guard. So O-line, I will be stunned if they pick one 
in the top 10. I just think they can get so much more value. Kyle can squeeze it out of an orange. You can say it about running back two. Don't waste a first-round pick on one. Um, to me, O-line is even further down that skew. Like You you can figure this out. They didn't, though, this past offseason. The running game never got to where Kyle had it in Cleveland. Obviously, Atlanta, even the Redskins, when they were losing, they were just jamming the ball with down people's throats. That season, Albert Morris, I think, had 1,300 yards. It never got to that, and it was definitely the O-line was part of that. Carlos Hyde was part of it. They have to figure out the right players there. That's on Kyle. Adam Peters, hopefully, will have some say in that, too. There's a lot of free agent O-linemen. Guys, I, I just, I'd be throwing darts here, so I'm not going to fully break down, but I think they sign one. Kilgore's back as the backup center. You have Joshua Garnett and a second-round pick, and then you just may, because you have $116 million in cap space, say, Brandon Fusco, why not? Come on back with us. You can always trade these guys in training camp. You can always re-sign a Carlos Hyde on a cheap one-year deal, too, and trade him at some point if you're like, you know what? This this isn't going to work out. We weren't ready to make the decision on you in March. We wanted to see you with more competition in the spring here. And now, you know what? Let's let's move on from you. Probably not high. That's probably someone they're going to let walk. But Fusco, some of these other defensive positions we'll get to in the next pod. One-year contract. That is my theme of this podcast. If you can get some of your own guys to do that now as a backup, or you can do that with a top-line free agents such as Sammy Watkins, Allen Robinson, or Jarvis Landry. KJ Podcast. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, but I'm powering through this nice little primer for everything. Draft is obviously included. This isn't mutually exclusive here. This building a football team is both, but looking internally, looking externally at the resources available, I do see some upgrades available with a team who's projected to have the most cap room in the league. Let's make some playoff picks. AFC playoffs. Titans at Chiefs. I'll go Kansas City. I'm just not sold on the Titans at all, especially on the road. Mariota, great with his legs. I think the Chiefs have playmakers too. They're going to be able to figure that out. Alex Smith's rested. That will be a easy win for Kansas City. Bills at Jacksonville. I got a close one here. Tyrod keeping them in it. The Doug Marone Bowl. I think Jacksonville will ultimately make a play at the end on defense, win something like 19-17, ugly game. Um, So you have Jacksonville and Kansas City advancing. NFC playoffs, Atlanta at the Rams. I got L.A. smoking them, something like 40-17. to Matt Ryan doesn't look good. Falcons one and done. And then you have Panthers at Saints. I, I got Saints going to the Super Bowl. I have Drew Brees against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got a walk-off for one of those two. Whoever wins that Super Bowl, Brees or Roethlisberger, is done. And they might announce it on the field or the very next day. Like I'm, I'm going out on top. So I got Saints over Carolina. That'll be a close game. I think next year we could be making playoff predictions about the Niners. Let's see how this free agency goes. Let's help this team out. Yo, and I want to be clear, my Jordan Reed tweet, I'm not pretending to break news there. That is speculation. That is looking at the assets they have, Kyle's history, connections to both teams. This is not people feeding me direct information. 
every team is making their big board right now before they go on vacation, start to unwind a little bit, start working more normal nine to five days, start getting back to the family a little bit. The discussions going on in every facility are stacking players. We're keeping these guys. These are our building blocks. We would be open to trading these guys. We'd be willing to move one of our third round picks for an asset, not our first or second, but one of these thirds. And just looking at everything and knowing that Kittle's not going to be an elite tight end. So you want to pair another one with him to make that a two tight end special combination there. So a lot of teams jealous right now. You have coaching searches going on. Teams aren't going to get a Kyle Shanahan. There's going to be three or four teams who get their coaching hire wrong and will be hiring a new one in two to three years. This is a really tough process to get right. 49ers have gotten it right. They got the QB right. Let's get free agency in the draft right. And this team will be competing in January and potentially February. KJ Podcast, battling a bug, excited for 2018. Lots of movement hopefully coming up. Um, I think Kyle should go and relax in Mexico. He's worked his ass off from the second the Super Bowl ended. I mean, he literally only had that summer break. I'm going to Mexico as a pre-planned trip this weekend. I'm going to Cabo. I think Kyle should do the same. I think 49ers players should do the same. Fans too, but let's keep the conversation going as we always do in the KJ Podcast. We project things forward. Thank you for the retweets and favorites on my own network here, doing things by myself, still interviewing for media roles, looking forward to what's next with my NFL coverage. KJ Podcast, we are out. You've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just six bucks at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High fashion. Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.